Welcome to Disrespectfully Agree with Oatman and LJ. I am LJ Cross from me is Mr. Oatman. What's good, baby boy? Today we're going to tackle Deadpool 2, directed by David Leach. Stars Ryan Reynolds, Josh Brolin, Marina Baccarin, among many others. Oatman, let's get... fat kid from New Zealand. Part of my clan, as I like to say. Julian Dennison, who plays Fire Fist. He's uh, a bit of an asshole, too. The character or the actor? The actor. I've seen him in a couple interviews. He's a little assholey. I kind of well, like that. Works for the part. Yeah, he has kind of a New Zealand kind of outsider feel to him. I like that. Well, I watched Flight of the Concords. I thought they were a generally mild-mannered and polite group. No? In- incorrect? <laughs> no, no. They're kind of like uh, Aussies, but uh, with a little more uh, fuel in the tank. I kind of like its whole vibe. Let's get calibrated a little bit here. Deadpool 1, how'd you feel about that one? Loved it. And I loved it because it surprised me. Mm-hmm. As somebody who isn't as uh, steeped in the uh, lore of the whole thing. When I saw the first Deadpool character, I was like, oh. What a shitty character. And then, <laughs> and then when I saw what they did with it, I was like, oh, wow. What do you mean the first? You uh, mean in Wolverine Origins? Yeah, Wolverine Origins. Okay. And they did kind of a version of them. And I found out when they were making this one, this was sort of a version of that character. And then I actually went back and watched the movie. And I said, what a shitty character. And what of an annoying character. Why would I want to see a movie full of this shit? And then I then realized, cause I remember at the time, sort of almost in the back of my head, I remember how a lot of fans went nuts when they saw Origins about what they had done to Deadpool. A lot of Deadpool fans. And uh, I, just, I just assumed it was fanboys, you know, being fanboys and just going nuts because they like to go nuts. Mm-hmm. But after seeing it, I was like, oh, man, I get it now. I get it. It would be like neutering my cat or something without my permission. I mean, it was awful what they did to that character. Mm-hmm. Just make a new character. If you're going to shit on a character that bad, just make a new character. It's my understanding that uh, I did not see Wolverine Origins. I heard. What's wrong with you? What? What do you mean? How do you not see that? It's Wolverine. Christ well, Christ. because it's, from my understanding, is that it's bad. The movie is not bad. It's um, it's it's uh, it's passable. I would say that is. <laughs> yeah, bad. but your version of passable, as we've learned on this show, is different from mine. Uh, yeah, you like nothing. No, you, not true. You like not a thing. I liked the first Deadpool. First Deadpool was great, but yeah, the origin is okay. It's just. It's not as great as the other ones. It's a different shade of great. It's a different shade of good, I would say. It's not a great movie, but it's decent. Uh, yeah, the first Deadpool was a fun surprise. There's some things I had trouble with plot-wise, like the turning Marina Baccarin's character into your basic damsel uh, who gets kidnapped, which is a tired trope, and I would have hoped a movie like that that seemed to be trying to subvert a lot of tropes of superhero genre and action films in general would rely on that only kind of lazy, focus, tired. Only you would focus on that. Who cares? Well, it, at the end of the day, it was a it was a fun film. There's just some little things like that, plot-wise, that, uh, that bothered me, dragged at points. But overall, enjoyable, fun character, kind of refreshing. That brings us to Deadpool 2. I wasn't particularly excited for it until I saw the LL Cool J trailer. Don't call it a comeback, and we're introduced to... Uh, Mama said knock you out. Mama said knock you out. Stop being a white guy. Mama what? Mama said knock you out. It's LL Cool J. I know it's LL Cool J. I you're, got it right. You're telling me. Ma, that, that song is such a classic song, and you're calling it... What did you call it? Don't call it a comeback? Yeah, no, that's not the name of the song. I didn't say it was the name of the song. That's how the song starts. 
Doesn't it start that way? Yeah. Don't call it a comeback. I've been, I've been here, here for years. years. Yeah. Rocking my peers. That's my shit. That's right. Good. Fine. That's how it starts. We're on the same page. <laughs> I don't need to know titles. <laughs> In any case, that trailer is delight. Really good. Really got me uh, Very well done. interested for the first time in that movie. And then I went to see it. And we'll have to get into spoilers for this in a bit. But spoilers? No, not yet. Before we get into spoilers, you know, I feel like the people who made this movie had this thought. And that is, you know what's better than telling a joke once? Telling it Telling twice. it three times. <laughs> Tell the same joke as many times as you can. Because the first time was so good, why wouldn't you want to hear the same joke over and over and over again? That's what this movie was. It was a lot of, we're gonna, you know that joke? That's, you know what? It worked in the first movie. We're going to do it again here, but three times. <laughs> That's the good stuff. I don't know if I agree with that, but uh, I think what I would say it was more of, um, it almost felt less like a, a sequel, just an extension of the, the old movie. They're, they're not attempting anything new here. They're basically just trying to uh, satiate the audience. It almost felt, in a weird way, it, it reminded me of those uh, Star Wars movies where you can tell it wasn't the real movie. It was almost like a tweener movie that they give you to they get like the really good to the the really good Star Wars till we get to the part where Darth Vader is on that lava planet and all of, all of that. You're talking about the the Star Wars stories like Rogue yeah. One and exactly. Han Solo. And so there were a couple in there that were just sort of shitty Star Wars movies you had to kind of live through to get to the really good movie. It was almost like a tweener movie just to say, okay, we don't have the good one done yet, but we're going to give you a nice one that has sort of the flavor of some of the first stuff. We're not going to really attempt anything new or too ambitious, but we're going to just satiate you by kind of almost extending the first movie or the movie that came before. It felt like that to me, uh, where there's a better movie that's coming that might try something <laughs> that is a little more ambitious. And not that it was bad. I, I enjoyed a lot of parts of it. I was really disappointed in, when, in the way they handled the new superheroes that he recruited. That was my only... X-Force. That was my only disappointment in the film was that. Okay. The other stuff was like, okay, I get it. I, I just felt like they copped out of that thing. It was such an interesting... I love that whole trope of, hey, now we got to go re recruit these... Get the team together. Yeah, this team of misfits, and we got to pull them together and make them a team. And I didn't need the entire journey that comes with that. But God, I wish they would have given us a little more. Because there were some char characters in there that kind of could have been interesting. And basically, they turned that entire trope into a sight gag. Kind of, yeah. They reduce everything to one sight gag. But, but let's, before we get, we'll get into spoilers and what happens there in a bit. But get what, I want to know which characters you're talking about. Because a lot of, I'm not sure which characters looked interesting to you. Which ones? I really like the guy. I mean, Domino, obviously, I guess. Yeah, would I'm be. terrible with names. I like the guy who was basically a guy who was like, hey, I got type 1 and 2 diabetes. I just saw the ad. I thought he was interesting. The, the Peter, the regular guy. Yeah, the regular guy. I, yeah. th I thought that, oh, that, was that was... That's gotten me the most... When I saw the trailer and Peter is like... <laughs> and they, you know, they're at the audition. <laughs> he's like, okay, what power do you have? Uh, none. I just saw the ad. Okay, you're in. And cut to him diving out of an airplane. Um, and, I, and I also think I'm a, I'm a Terry Crews fan. I think, uh -huh. he, I think he is an underrated... Um, he's great. 
Yeah, he's an underrated asset where he's one of those guys that is sort of ludicrous but is a little bit in on the joke of it. And I think when utilized properly, he can be good. I love him on um, – I watch him on that cop show. Brooklyn – Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Something. Yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine or something. I love him on that show. I actually think he's underrated and good. I liked him in White Girl. I just think he's a good – he's a good muse. Hold on a second. What? You saw White Girls? Of course. It's a great film. Oh, my God. Oh, what a wonderful film. All right, we, can, we don't have next. Move on. What else you got? Cool. Who, so Terry Crews. Now we you like Terry Crews, but does like what was he his was character? I was embarrassed when he came out with his Me Too stuff. But short of that, uh, oh well, come on, it was embarrassing. Why he embarrassed himself? Why this Negro is two hundred and seventy pounds? I'm like, oh, and then he touched me. Now, come on. Can't we leave anything to the ladies? Can't we just let, you know, those women who got raped and molested and cornered by that slime ball, Harvey Weinstein, can't we let the ladies, after years and decades right, of fair, abuse, can't we fair, let them have yeah, All right, fair enough. He touched my package. He, d- he wasn't, on, t- he didn't portray it that way. He wasn't did. No. No. He did. He was on a morning show. The next day, talking about, and then he, he wasn't touched trying. me in front of my wife. Nah, Come on, man. It wasn't, his, it wasn't all of that. Go anyway. away. All right, fine. Attention whore. And I okay. like Terry Crews, but come on, Terry. All right, fine. Stop. Whatever. All right. Next time a guy uh, touch your package, punch him in the face and keep it moving. That's how that works. You punch him in the face and you keep moving. You know, that's the exact. It's just because he's a man you're saying that. If you yes, say, he no. is a man. A large, muscular man. It's, punch him in the face and keep it moving. Uh, that's what you do. You don't solve all your problems with violence, Oatman. You do. <laughs> you do. So how's the Third Reich You're, doing? This is very transgressive of you. How's the Third Reich doing? Oh, my God. They're not doing. You know why? Because we killed them. This is not the Nazis, okay? This is, <laughs> this is not them. analogous. This is not the same thing. <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> not you, the same you're thing. saying violence doesn't solve problems. Well, it kind of does. Uh, not the same thing. I'll tell you what. If somebody touched my package and I punched them in the face... I guarantee there will not be additional touching after the face punch. This is victim blaming, by the way, is what you're doing here. <laughs> this is victim blaming. And then he touched me. All right, all right. Why can't? Come on, man. Stop. So what was interesting about Terry Crews' character in that? Oh, well, for, to me, it's based just in the fact that it's Terry Crews. I think so. It's ha- just a, they misused an asset. I just had a feeling that he would have been a really great partner with Ryan Reynolds. I, I agree. I just thought they could have really mined some good. Back and forth and with those guys. And then, then that kind of, when that petered out, I was like, oh, and then the regular guy, he, he kind of petered Peter. out. I was like, oh, that's, I would have liked to have seen those two guys kind of develop. And then I really liked uh, the young lady they took from Atlanta. thought she was great. I was like, yeah, my, my superpower is that I'm lucky. I'm just lucky. <laughs> I, you know, I, I just thought they really did really good work with her. And I think they could have done that with, and I was even interested in the guy, you know, he's just an asshole. <laughs> Which one was that? Was that? The acid guy? Yeah. He's like, I'm just a, he's just played well off of Ryan Reynolds, the, the way in which, you know, Ryan Reynolds is, uh, as much as I have not been a huge Ryan Reynolds fan, not that I've been a hater or anything, the one thing I liked about Deadpool is he was able to get into that orbit and he kind of elevates the people around him in this character. Like, uh, the old black lady played by, um, Leslie Uggams. Leslie Uggams. And I love Leslie Uggams. Uh, Leslie Uggams hasn't been relevant since the seventies. <laughs> I mean, I think that, well, that's not true. She was real good in the women of Brewster's place. But what he does with Leslie Uggam, sort of a older black actress. Who but it's has, the same joke as the first movie. It's, they're all exactly yeah, the same. They're the, the same, same joke, gags. but she's really funny and interesting. She's good, but it's, she's good. 
and she plays well with him. She does, but it's just exactly the same. I agree, you know, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to get an ice cream cone, and you know what? It's like the same uh, ice cream cone I had when I was 10. But ice cream's good. You know, it's nice. I mean, I get you. I, I get what you're saying, and, and I, I'm saying the same thing. I don't think that there's anything new here. I don't think that they're trying to be ambitious. It feels like a tweener movie to go, get to something that it's like is. like a holding pattern movie. It's like a holding pattern movie. We're going to give you what we've already given you that you already liked. It's kind of a, let's put on a show feel to it. Let's put on a show. Let's put on the, come on, let's fire the band up and let's get the band gazebo going and let's do the thing. And I think if for that, it's okay. I have no issue with that. It's a great Saturday night kind of matinee kind of film. And the, and the after shots are great. I love that. I Post-credit that was, stuff. Oh, I love that. I All thought right. that was wonderful. We'll get to that. And funny. Yeah, overall, I I got I guess I'll say it's it was enjoyable, but it does feel tonally off. The, the the comedic tone is just a bit out of step in various places. I'll get to some examples and spoilers. And again, the repetition of the jokes, you know, they get old. And the the plot is going to that you know, let's put on a show mentality. It's like, okay, we want this action scene, we want that action scene, we want that action scene. And when those action scenes are over, all the characters stop wanting what they want for that period of time. Like, it, there, there's no longer a, a thrust for anybody an to accomplish anything. All right. Well, we got to get into spoiler talk then, everybody. Here it is. Spoiler. Spoiler talk. The prison break. Cable shows up for the first time, and he's clearly more than capable of taking on everybody by himself. Falls out of the building, and then I guess yeah, that's he's true. done. That's true. Because why not go back? Just and- go back up there and get the kid. If it's that important to you, walk back up. You yeah, were just there. That's a good point. Walk back up there, but no, we got to take I a remember, break. I remember that being stupid. Like, well, why doesn't he just get? Because up we got to have a break so we can have the next action scene. Okay, fair. During enough. the car chase, fair enough. And then the car chase doesn't work out, and we do the same thing again. He just takes a break when he could have just gone after him again. Yeah. Deadpool's incapacitated. Sure, the juggernaut's involved now, but you have a gun. You can shoot the kid. You don't need to to wait. It was just it was that. It was the Fair plot point. the plot doesn't work. <laughs> it's Fair point. It, it's just we want these scenes and what happens in between. We'll have fun Deadpool stuff in between, but none of it coalesces, none of it congeals. It doesn't work together. It's just put on a show. Which, you know, it's a Deadpool movie at the end of the day. Is it fun? Blah blah blah. Is it Deadpool? Sure, fine. And for that, whatever. But it does strike me as lazy plotting. Here's my biggest beef. They killed Vanessa in the opening, and it was so clear they were going to do it. And they do it because, well, we got Deadpool, and he's in this happy relationship. And, you know, when you have a, a wife or a girlfriend and the superhero involved, it's just you got to get rid of the girl for us to tell a story. I don't know that that's true. I think that's the easy and lazy way out. It's just, okay, well, we got to move on. But I don't know if we've talked about fridging, uh, you know, putting the girl in the fridge trope in a previous episode or if that's an episode that's coming up. Fridging is, for those who don't know, was a trope that has been around for a long time, but Gail Simone, a comic book writer, I think came up with this trope, uh, at least named it, back in the 90s. And the term comes from an old Green Lantern comic where Green Lantern arrives home, he opens the fridge, and his girlfriend is in there, you know, dead, I think in pieces or whatever, but she's in the fridge dead. And the villain did that to, you know, piss off Green Lantern, and it motivates Green Lantern to go and fight the bad guy. It's a trope that gets used all the time, and it's not just with women. John Wick is another example. Spoilers for John Wick, at the beginning, the bad guy kills his puppy, and so now he's got to kill every last one of those people. (laughs) Love that puppy. 
happens there too. Something to motivate that. And it's a, you know, I'm not saying it's a, it should never be done, but it is kind of a lazy trope. And especially when it happens to women, it feels like the implicit message there is women are not useful to a story except as props or motivation for the hero to do heroic deeds. And, uh, that's and, true. And that bothers me. But that's true sometimes. Sure. But it's a common go-to that sends, I think, an unfortunate negative message about how women should be portrayed in these kind of movies. I disagree with that. But, yeah. but let me let me just say that the character of Vanessa, though, is worthwhile. And killing her, I think, is the loss of a valuable asset. Here, you're, you're angry about Terry Crews being not utilized well? I feel exactly the same way about Marina Baccarin. I think she is a, a good actress. I think she had an interesting character. And I think there's something they could have done with her. And I could Monday morning quarterback this all day with various ideas for how to incorporate her into the movie, but they just chose not to do that. You know what? I, I'm so glad when he she got killed. I wish she would have got killed sooner. Wow. Uh, not because she isn't a wonderful actress. She is. Uh, she's good in the film. The reason why they're disposable is because it's just not about that. It's just not. And I don't even think it's gender. But like they I, could make yeah, it. But, but, not, but, they could make it. But right. I don't want them to. Let me Monday mortar, Monday well, quarterback let me, let me this. Make saying. her a hero. Yeah, don't do that. No, because because if she's a hero and she's with him, then it becomes about that. And and I don't want it to be about. It that. doesn't have to be. Yeah, but I'm just saying you like, can write this any number of ways. Yeah, but when when Gina Gershon is in a movie and she's a hero, I don't give a shit about her husband. Kill that. Can we get to her chopping people up? I want her to get back to the action. I want the law and order model. I want to know what you're doing when you're a technician and you're at work. I don't want to care what you're doing when you're at home doing whatever. And I think the reason that the woman is expendable is because the law and order model is the one we want to see. I want to see what they do when they're active and they're jumping. Every second that Deadpool is kissing her and being romantic. It doesn't have to and, be and that watching way, Netflix. I don't want to see that. I, I agree. I agree. I That's lazy writing, too. Yeah, but I mean, I don't want to see any incarnation of that. I don't care about your romantic life. I want you to put the, on the damn suit and go chop some people up. I agree. Why can't we do that with her? Uh, I, it doesn't have to be romantic. It I can be that, two I think a romantic people. relationship is like a gun. If you have it in the picture, that at some point that gun has to go off. So you can't have but that the, It there. still did. It but still that, did. They killed her off, and they still had those no, scenes. No, but, but thankfully they killed her off before the credits, so we could at least get past no, that. No, we still we did not get past it. We this is the did. thing. They killed her, and they still had scenes with her where she is yeah, like the this. romantic interest. Yeah, I, I agree with and that. And motivating we cut him. her out altogether for, for me. I, I just, in those she was of, a plot device, and that bothers me. It's lazy from top to I, bottom. I don't disagree, but I'm, I'm explaining why the trope works. There's a reason I don't why. disagree that it doesn't work. I think it's lazy. To utilize it all the time, especially for a movie, again, I, that's supposed to subvert these tropes. It's supposed I, to be something different and interesting. I don't mind the trope as long as it's executed well. My issue about the it trope. It wasn't. Here's the, let me, I, let I me agree. Let me finish. All right. I, I, didn't, I wasn't bothered that they killed her. I bothered that I knew they were going to kill her. I, I, I was bothered that it was telegraphed for 15 minutes yeah. that she was going to be... That's what bothered me, that it was lazily written and that it wasn't done properly. But I don't think the trope itself in and of itself is problematic. I don't think it's problematic. Whenever we get a, an action hero, I don't care if they're a man or woman. I don't care about their mate. I really don't. We, let's get past the romantic garbage that you have to do if you have her in a picture. Let's get back to that. You don't have to do it. This. It was done in the first movie. We're over it. I'll, I'll give you a great example. And this is a movie that I love. I love Iron Man. Love Iron Man. 
If somebody, if somebody, please step up and put a bullet. And what was the blonde hair lady with the good actor? Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Will somebody please put a bullet in her? I don't want to see Gwyneth Paltrow. I don't want to see those scenes. I could care less. I will endure them to see Iron Man. I'll endure that. But I don't want to see that garbage. You know what would have made Iron Man three better is because they damseled her as well in that movie. Of course, would have been much better. It, and she she got her powers finally at the end, and she had like a final thing. Yeah. If she had gotten her powers much sooner, or not been she, there at all. No, and she took on the bad guy. She saved Iron Man's life much sooner and for a much longer fight scene. That would have been badass. Uh, I guess. I mean, I, I would rather just not have her in the film. But that's just me. I, for me, when I when I go to my romantic films, then I want romance. That's what I'm there for. I'm there for it. But when I'm coming to my You keep action, going to this romance. I'm not saying we need romance in this movie. But I'm saying if you're talking about a romantic relationship, I'm saying I don't need those in films for me. Every now and then they're done exceptionally well, where it's, it's the exception to the rule, the first Superman. Okay. I'm well, up for that. I don't know about the. I don't know about that one. Uh, yeah, I, I think it fit that cheesy model. It's fine. Yeah. But for the most part, I can do without that whole romantic relationship, whether they're men, women. I just don't need that. There are smarter ways to get out of it than the one they chose. I agree. I don't, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm saying that the trope itself is fine as long as it's done expediently. We kill them as soon as possible. If they use it, here's the, here's the purpose of the trope though. If we can finally get I know, to give them med- motivation to, but do it didn't do that. I, I, they killed her. I agree with you. And the whole point is, LJ, you're arguing with an empty room. I agree with that. So I don't know who you're well, arguing. I don't know I who agree. you're arguing with. Then <laughs> I'm saying I, I agree with that part. I'm just saying I, I just think that the the trope itself is fine. But it leads to it, fine. But it, I well, I all right, fine. We disagree on the trope. I don't think it's fine. You do whatever. In this movie, it's terrible. I agree. And it's executed it, bad. It's executed poorly, and it leads to him being on the the uh, other characters trying to get him off the proverbial couch I, for half the movie. I, uh, where he's well, moping around. Well, yeah, it wasn't that long. It was a scene, basically. Yeah, no, I, I mean, at the whole X-Mansion thing, he's still just lazing about. Even at the uh, – it's not till we finally get to – it's like half an hour in. We get to the first scene where he meets Fire Fist for the first time. Yeah, like – It's I, a lot of moping. But but I'm, I, I agree. Like, I, I would be so much better if we start this bad boy off. She's already been shot in the head. Uh, Thank God. No. And disposed of. All the moping has happened, and now we're in the aftermath of that, and we're right into the action. He's sitting on a bridge somewhere waiting to do some badass action. The mate has been killed three months ago, and now we're in the after of that, and we don't even have to see her. All right, we disagree. Next, the comedy timing. The scene with X-Force, I'm fine with them all dying. The only problem I have with it is... The timing of it was so awkward that we have so much space between each death. Like, it seems to me you edit that thing so that everybody dies in very quick succession. Yeah. It's like, that guy goes, then that guy goes, then that guy just boom, 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 run right after the other. But we get these kind of lulls in between each death where we're where it's just like we know what's going to happen. We can see this coming. Yeah. That's going to be the gag, but it doesn't work. Yeah, it wasn't done well. It wasn't well thought out. I thought it was a missed opportunity. There were a lot of scenes in a better movie that would have been generated by letting some of those guys live and actually have let them be characters. And I get that it would have been a much longer movie because I would have liked to have seen Peter yes. actually save the day. Absolutely. That would have been great to see. 
Absolutely. Like I unfortunately, I mean, don't. I think I think the reason that Peter dies is because we have the cab driver. I think they've invested that in him. But that relationship doesn't. Again, it's the same relationship as the first movie. Yeah, it's no. just we don't need him anymore. I agree. They didn't do anything new with him. I would have had no problem if that character wasn't there at all, and we let Peter have some of the same moments yeah. that that character has. Yeah. Where you know their drama's keeping him in the background, but you know he's and then he steps up and he does some stuff. Yeah, at the end he does something. Yeah, I think that Peter could have filled that. And, and the guy, the actor that they picked, is so visually amazing. Yeah, they they he's picked, perfect for that role. They, they picked the perfect average looking dude. <laughs> I mean, he's just an average looking fella. Yeah, you know the type of dude that looked like he might be a manager at Best Buy type of guy. I just thought that. Casting was perfect. Rob Delaney with that porn stash. I said, oh, <laughs> the mustache is oh perfect. Oh my god, it's so awesome. It's perfect. And then they, then they, then they don't do anything with them. Like, oh yeah, oh, that's disappointing. That was Peter. When I saw that trailer, at the, yeah, uh, when he's in the air, <laughs> when he's in the air, that, that's that's the thing I held on to. I was like, oh, Peter's going to kill it. Peter is going to be the <laughs> yeah. thing in this movie, guys. I, I thought I thought he was just I thought he was going to be a much larger and just seems- if it, it, I mean it's nice to, it's Domino's nice and she's cool and all that but if this she's movie great. were X everybody in X Force dies except for Peter <laughs> that's great I liked him next on my list CG Juggernaut looked like shit yeah what was that about holy crap they, boy, that boy, they just that was f- awful he looked like a play doh well, kind of like, like claymation. Monstrosity. It looked like, and, and it's the only thing I can assume that happened. It seemed like they ran out of time. <laughs> it's, well, I, I assume it's a budget thing. Yeah, it looks like they ran out of time and money, and it was sort of like, we got to have something here. There wasn't an actor really behind it that I could tell. Yeah, somebody voiced it, but I don't know yeah, who. But no, no one that you would say, oh, you know, that, that would yeah. stand out. I was like, oh, that's disappointing. Especially when we've seen this character done better. In the uh, X Men universe, did he have sleeves? Can't remember. I, I mean, anywhere that you saw skin, I'm like that's gr- no, that's not a human. Yeah, it's it, it just looked weird. They could have done like a Lord of the Rings something where it's they do force perspective or something. Just well, get a big guy get in there. They can't and just make him look even bigger. They can't use X Men characters, right? No, the this is an X. This is officially in the X Men universe. This okay. is a Fox. So they movie. couldn't get the other actor, who, the British guy, who I really liked. I thought he did a solid from job. the uh, the original Juggernaut. They could have, I guess. Yeah. That was those are still the Fox movies. So yeah, he was he was. I thought he was really good. That yeah. British dude. He uh, was okay from uh, like Snatched. I yeah, think. Snatched. I thought he was great. And I like the fact that he wasn't fat. He was big, but he wasn't almost this uh, Gollum-like character. He was actually something you can actually focus in on as a character. The juggernaut they have here isn't even human. It's like sort of... Well, he's the, yeah, the juggernaut from the comics, though, is like a giant. He, he, look, he looks closer... In this movie, he looks much closer to how he looked oh, yeah, in the I comics. Get, I get it. I, I like the fact that they subverted that trope. trope you but know? It, I would you have know, liked it, to have seen just a human... Yeah, you know that was that was just for you. Just, you know they did it in like Thor. They they got Peter Dinklage and they made him huge. Yeah, just do that. Or just do <laughs> they did an X Men. I think it worked when they had a regular guy playing it. He was just a big muscular guy. You know, I like the fact that Wolverine is a five eight and built like a sausage. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in the, in the comic book, I think Wolverine is five eight and two hundred twenty pounds. Yeah, he's, a, he's a yeah. He, he looks like a, a roly poly sausage. Basically. Yeah, it depends on who's drawing him, but yeah, yeah, who's drawing him. So I mean, I like you know, just make him a guy, and, and then at least if it's a guy, it's easier for me to relate to the character. If it's yeah, the fight scene doesn't. The fight scene especially doesn't work because it both doesn't. of the characters are CG. Yeah, it, it does not work. 
The uh, but uh, here's what I will say: there were moments. I don't know if you caught this. It was they certainly played it up again at the end. The actual ending after the all the credits, they they bring up this music again. But I don't know if you noticed during the fight scene with the Juggernaut, we see him. You know, at that institution, they do the typical in the score chorus thing, which got those angelic chorus peoples like Duel of the Fates with the chorus doing nonsense words. But here, there's actual dialogue for the chorus. It's holy shit balls! It's the juggernaut. What are you talking about? You didn't hear any of that music? What are you talking? I'm about? a I'm a soundtrack guy. It was it's a funny You're gag. A if you pay attention, uh, you you can you can what? you can make it out during that fight scene. The the you chorus. Are such a, you are such a score nerd. The chorus is commenting on the action. You're a score nerd, and they're afraid of the juggernaut. You're a score nerd. It's a funny bit. Who know who notices that? Well, it's in the movie. I didn't. It's there for a reason. No, it's a clue. funny gag. I I missed it. It's a funny gag. Go back, right over my head. Go back, watch that fight scene. <laughs> And you will hear the chorus freak out <laughs> at the juggernaut. It's funny. Totally missed it. It's a funny bit. I'll give him credit for that. It, and it's fine if you miss there. I, I have a print appreciation for jokes that are there for people... That not everybody's going to catch. Who are weirdos? Sure, fine. But <laughs> who uh, has that detailed an ear that you heard that? It's it's my curse. It's what I have. Um, I missed it totally. But it's fantastic. I love those little well, things. Yeah, that, it sounds good. I kind of wish I would have heard it. That a lot of people are going to miss that are that are there. If you, you should have told for me those at the time, so I would have. Uh, well, I was at the. I think we hung out to the end of the credits, didn't we? Yeah, you should have told me. Maybe at the you time. walked out, but. Oh. The music played at the end. Like, if you stick it's to the end of the credits, you hear it without all the action in the well, background. That's interesting. And they play that chorus again. That's very detailed. It was, uh, it was a good bit. And it's, yeah. and it's the exact opposite of how most of the gags yeah. go, which is right in your face. We're going to do this joke again. Don't worry if you missed it this time. We'll do it again. First film was very handcrafted or felt that way. Yeah. This one feels Felt more, like a labor of love, the first one. Absolutely. This one feels more of a factory produced. This is the, yeah, the, the McDonald's. Like, like, like we have those, the ingredients. It's like one of those shows when the showrunner leaves, but the show still goes <laughs> on. Yeah. And you still have the same characters and that, but you don't have the same labor of love with it. It isn't as handcrafted as it was when that original showrunner's vision was pushing it or whatever. Yeah. It has that feel to it. Yeah, I'll agree to that. Which harkens back, perhaps, to our episode on the Solo a Star Wars story episode. Alright. That brings us to the end of this lively discussion. More lively than I expected for Deadpool. We will talk at you next week, everybody. Bye. Peace and chicken grease. You've never seen Pinky Blinders? No. Oh, wonderful show. Pinky Blinders? I did just binge watch Barry. That was great. Barry? Yeah, Barry. Is that uh, about the serial killer? Bill Hader. The killer, yeah. yeah. Takes an acting class. Why do I like that guy so much? He's, he seems like a nice guy. I remember, I mean, I like his work. But that show is... Really? Really good. Is it on Netflix? No, I'm afraid not. It's on oh. HBO. Sure. The season's done. Just watched the whole thing, and it's surprising. It's really well crafted. I'm going to check it out. At some point, I'm going to check that out. Really well crafted. The characters are good, and I think it'll be right up your alley. Uh, the character, like a, a hired killer. 
Yeah, but he's trying to act. He's trying to get into acting. He's trying to kind of leave that world behind. Like um, a Sopranos thing. I, I can't. I have no reference for Sopranos. Oh, you didn't see Sopranos? No. Um, There's a character on there named Christopher who's kind of the muscle of the family who shoots people a lot. And then he decides to become an actor and he starts taking these acting classes. Oh, okay. And they're like, there are a couple scenes where he's doing like sense memory and he, right. he wigs out. <laughs> yeah, so I guess there's some of that in this, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But it's, um, I expected it to be kind of like a dramedy. It's, it's not really. It is a drama. Oh, nice. And it's incredibly well paced and well crafted. Every episode, it, it does, a lot of TV now really stretches out the events so much so that it, it almost doesn't matter. Yeah, you, for, what happens? I, it, I lose interest in There's a lot no of reason to continue to the next episode. I call it Raider Revelation. Yeah. Uh, Raider Revelation is so slow. The Netflix Marvel shows are very much like that, where it's just completely super drawn out, and the episode ends, and you're just like, eh. Yeah. What? I'm why? Saying, why keep going? And this is not that. This is like it's almost like a comic, like a good comic book writer. They'll end that issue. And you have to see what happens in the next one. This is back to serialized storytelling with the serials, you know, Buck Rogers and Indiana Jones, all that. This show does that perfectly. Very nice. Really well done. Uh, in any case, digression over. 